and welcome to the Truth Be Told Mom podcast. I am your host, Diana Cluin, and I have an incredibly special guest for you today. Uh, my friend, Christina Werner, she is the co-founder and VP of Strategic Partnerships with Public Square. Christina, welcome, and thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here. Well, I know, so we met in an academic, like alternative homeschool fair. Uh, we kind of just, I don't know. I think Jesus was just like gravitating. It was like gravity. Yeah. We just like kept every time we kept coming to each other's booths. And I really loved your exuberance, not only for your development of public square, but your exuberance and experience with homeschooling. So tell me, you know, have you been a homeschooler from day one? Um, you know, surprisingly not. I have um, my husband's family started a homeschool uh, about 35 years ago. All my nieces and nephews are homeschooled. So there might be an assumption that I did too. But actually, um, growing up when my kids were little, I was a product of the public school system and I know things have changed. And I really felt called like this is my family's little mission field, right? So um, if you take all the light out of a dark place, you know, then, then where's light? So I really felt that me and my family were called to be a part of the public school system as long as I got to be heavily involved, right? So my kids still have their foundations from home and um, they were a part of the public system, but then I was either the class peer and I would uh, substitute teach in the class a lot. I would, um, you know, take on different groups or teach different classes, got to know the teachers really well. So I was heavily involved and that worked for a few years until it didn't. <laughs> okay. So, so your philosophy of education, why, you know, from the beginning was basically, you know, I'm this involved parent. So surely nothing is going to get through me. Right. Cause I'm there, I'm in the classroom. I'm they, I bring my kid home from school and I'm like, what did you learn? You have those conversations, right? So is that what you experienced through your entire public was like, I completely understood everything that was going on and you didn't feel like anything was ever hidden from you? Um, you know, I got to know the teachers really well. And if it wasn't a good fit for us, then we found an alternative. Um, but I, I think I'm really fortunate. We had some great teachers. And actually, there was one year my daughter had a teacher um, just for one semester uh, who who would bring up things like, oh, you know, you guys are actually... Uh, made from, or, you know, you evolve from monkeys and she comes home like, okay, mom, guess what? This is what the teacher said. She pulls out the paper and she's like, but, but he said that if I bring back some facts that he will actually read them in class and that he'll go over it. So I'm like, okay, wow. Okay. He's open. So then we came home and like really equipped her to get some other facts to bring to class and talk about that. Um, but then, you know, the more that I was not allowed to be in the classroom, which COVID really put up wrench into that one. That is when I realized, okay, you know, ultimately who's, who's around my kid for six, eight hours a day, right? If I can't be there and I'm not a part of their class or I don't know the teacher very well, well then I don't know what they're teaching them. So that kind of started, kind of started our journey into homeschooling. Okay. So with COVID when, so you've made this transition, like public school, you kind of feel like, and, and this is very rare for me to hear public school parents tell me they had this like great experience and that yeah. teachers are like, like yeah. you definitely yeah. were blessed and in a very, very unique situation. Cause that is not the norm. No. So if that no. was such this beautiful thing, COVID hits 
and now you can't be in the classroom. So what were some of those things maybe like, were you seeing things that you hadn't seen before or were you experiencing things when they were coming home that you didn't because you were in the classroom before? Yeah. Well, let me back up. So for my daughter and my son, both were a little bit different. So with her, she ended up with a class, you know, and again, even the students you're around, the kids you hang out with make a difference, right? What's the quote of like, show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your future. So who you are around really makes a difference. And she would come home and, you know, say certain things of what kids are talking about in the classroom or what they're doing. And ultimately in her grade, she really just didn't have any like-minded friends. Um, So can I keep sending my daughter out to the battlefield? Sure, um, I could, but it just, and, and I'm really one to believe no matter what, listen to the Lord. So if he tells me to be, you know, wherever it is in Africa or in the public school system, then he's going to take care of me. If he tells me to leave, then he's going to take care of me. Right. So it got to the point where she said, you know, mom, I just, I don't even have one other friend. And so I really felt in my heart that, okay, it's time. It's time to pull her. I'm not really able to be a part of this classroom. And that was actually pre, um, or that was kind of like right at the start of pre COVID. Um, my son, on the other hand, that was like, you know, the first year he had an amazing teacher. She was a solid believer. It was kind of like, I'd sneak into the classroom and get to help her out. And, and I, that, that was its own mission field in itself, where we were kind of ministering to the different families still are actually, and the different kids in that classroom. But then the following year, um, I was a part of kind of finding out what was really going on in the school and with the director and other teachers and um, just stuff that was going on that's not okay. And so I have this justice meter. I always have since I was a little kid. And if I find out that something's happening and that's, you know, it shouldn't be happening, I can't just sit there and be quiet. Even though my situation was fine, my son's situation was okay. His teacher was fine. Um, But I really felt like I had to say something. So that kind of put me in the middle of exposing his whole school and what was going on. Um, So then it was pull him in the middle of the year. Okay, so you talk about that justice meter, and yeah. it was just kind of it was dating, right? Like we call we call it something different in military households, but I'm not going to say that on <laughs> interview. But I understand exactly what you're saying. Like you just start getting these things, and you're like ding 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 ding, and you're like, okay, we're we're no longer in the green zone. We've passed the orange zone. Mm-hmm. We are in fire hot red zone. Like it's time to go. What were some of those things? Um, some of those issues that caused you to say, okay, we're done. Yeah. So can you touch on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, the news has interviewed me on it and so is social media. So no problem. (laughs) Cats out of the bag. Um, Yeah. So I ended up on during COVID a little chat um, on Facebook with about 10 other families um, in the school that we were a part of um, that were more on the freedom side of life. Right. So these kids are dealing with um, mass mandates and this and that. And um, there were a few kids, you know, one that wears glasses, one that's autistic. Now, I'm not even trying to give an excuse for this. As a parent, you should be able to do what you want with your child, mask or no mask, right? That should be your choice. In my opinion, that should be your choice. Um, But these were kids, they're they're first, second, third grader kids that were just trying to go to school, just trying to get an education. They weren't violent. They weren't using uh, harmful language. They were just trying to learn. And these kids were getting bullied at school because their mask slipped three times or they had to go to the punishment chair. I mean, it was absurd. None of this was happening to my, yeah, happening to my son. He was fine. Okay, time out. Yeah. A punishment chair? Yes. Um, And this used to be called the peace chair. 
um, in the school. And the, the school had a very positive, uh, you know, parenting model, like a positive affirmation model. And it was very um, like social, emotional health and this and that. Well, I know things just went down the tube with, yeah, yeah, it was, things were just getting exposed. And honestly, I, I really do feel like these past two years have just been exposure of like what's really yeah. going on. So this wasn't in my son's class, but I'm on this thread with these parents going, gosh, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? And I'm the one that's like, this is not okay. You cannot like, I'm sorry. This is not what a teacher is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to, you know, so, um, uh, just kind of along that line ended up talking with these teachers, talking with the director instead of, I was assuming we would get, we're stressed right now. COVID's going on all this stuff. I'm so sorry. There was none of that. It just like a heel dug into the ground and then it was just kind of gaslighting and then they just made it worse. And oh yeah, now we're going to like check at the door and enforce this and make sure the kids, and if they don't, we're going to send them home. This was actually one of the threats. We're going to send them home. What if no parents there? We'll drop them off alone. I am not kidding. That was a threat that was made by the school. That, so, yeah. that just like, that makes me cringe. That makes me cringe because here, and you know, we haven't had this conversation before, but I am extremely like, I am a hundred percent against any, I'm against public school a hundred percent because this ideology ha has been happening for decades. And now we get to COVID and we're really seeing it like, like way in the light, right? It wasn't oh, yeah. in the light before. Um, but this, the, the audacity and the just disregard for the care of your sweet babies. I like, know you're going to drop them off at home and you don't care if a parent's there or not. I mean, how is this oh, yeah. safe? The threat like, to call, safe. yeah, no, the threat to call CPS if a parent doesn't pick them up by a certain time. Yeah. No, in front of the children. And, um, and so I even had the assumption, okay, this is, this is again, kind of more because of COVID because this director herself actually homeschooled her children. Her children were never vaccinated. So she created this charter school to be like a public school version of a homeschool you know, kind of a combo. So yeah. I had this, you know, theory, oh, she's a little bit more of conservative values. Um, but what ended up, what, what I was seeing is almost kind of like in an abuse situation where someone thinks, you know, well, oh, this happened to me and I'm just going to quietly go away. Um, this situation had been happening to people and to teachers for years, threat after threat after threat. And so what ended up happening is COVID was just the thing to expose it. Um, so, you know, post interviews on news and social media and all that stuff, I had multiple families and multiple teachers reach out to me and say, hey, that's my story too. This is what happened to me, or this is the threat I received when I didn't do X, Y, and Z, or um, this is, you know, how I was taken care of as a teacher. And it was really jaw dropping. I had parents reach out to me. Oh, I pulled my kid when my first grader was making BLM picket signs. Yeah, I am not joking you. Um, and so, yeah, so really this again was just what was exposing what was going on, not personally in my kids' classrooms, right? Because I was, you know, involved and I knew it was happening, but this is what's happening in other classrooms. When you think your kid is just fine in public school, if you really don't know that teacher and you really don't, you're not involved, this is what's happening. They're, they're doing a picket signs instead of, instead of phonics in first grade, yeah. like heavens. Yeah. <laughs> like what happened to reading, writing and arithmetic? Like, yeah, no, let's go back to the basics teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah let's go back to those basics. Okay. So you had this like great experience, not then it went seriously downhill. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you decided to homeschool. So I'm always interested to find from moms who, because I did too, I pulled my oldest out of the public school as well um, for very different reasons. I mean, he's 25 now. But I remember that feeling in my body, like when we made that shift to homeschool. So can you like tell that parent, that mom who is like, I know I need to pull, but I don't know what, what I'm doing. Right. Oh, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've, you've had that experience where you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm just going to oh, do abs- it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, what would you want? Like, if you could go back right to like a year two. it's been one year you've been homeschooling or two, um, two for my daughter and just, a, okay. and, and a part of a year for, well, a year and a half for my daughter and a part of a year for my son. Okay. So yeah. let's, let's take yeah. to present day you and you jump back for a year and a half, two years. What would be something that you wish like a seasoned homeschool mom or, you know, or, or your current self, but you okay. know now you wish you were told. Yes. Got it. Okay. Well, I tend to be very organized type a, um, I want things to be done. You know, I, I don't want something to be presented until it's perfected. Um, and really at the journey of a homeschool mom, who's never homeschooled before I was a teacher for a while. So sure. I have that under my belt, but that's actually quite different than like just educating your child in your home, right? And multitasking your home life and work and all that kind of stuff. Um, But if I could just uh, give parents any encouragement at at all is it's okay if you don't know what you're doing, because if you're looking at the alternative or where they were or what they were being exposed to, like that, in my opinion, sometimes can be almost like, you know, do you go back to your abuser? No, (laughs) you don't, right? Right, so if, if it's not a good situation, and let me tell you, especially right now, I am 99% sure it is not a good situation in the public school system. I, you know, it's just not. And even I'll if you have a great, it's a hundred percent. Even if you have it's, a great a teacher, <laughs> even if you have a great teacher, um, you know, I can tell you one quick story. Sorry, this is a tangent, but um, my Go daughter, for it, girl, I want to say, needs to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is going to be really raw and real, but I want to say it was in uh, maybe fifth grade that my daughter said um, there was a girl going around to the other kids, daring them to watch one hour of porn. Yeah. What? There you go. So that's what's happening in your public school systems. Right. And she comes home and tells me that and we're driving home and my eyes are like this. I'm like, so, uh, and she goes, you no, mom, you know, but I'm just saying like, these are the other students that your kids are around. And so, um, I, that might sound really appalling, but that is not the, you know, it gets worse. Well, and I think uh, we have to be mindful of that as, as yeah. parents, especially parents who have their children in these. And I still, I still hate calling it a public school because the public school doesn't own it. It's a government school. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, the government it's an indoctrination, indoctrination camp. camp. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah. And, and, you know, we're always concerned about the curriculum that's coming in and we're concerned about the teachers, what the teachers are like, but we forget about the children that are there that are influencing our, our kids. Yeah. So, you know, and you, in our pre, in our pre, um, interview, you talked about your husband mentioned something about questioning the authority of who's the authority for your children. So I really want you to, to, to touch on that. Cause in a previous podcast, I talked about who should be the authority. So tell, tell me a little bit about that story again. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, just to back up a little bit and say, it's okay to be uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. what would have been and you know, just to, to have courage and do things like that. It takes you getting out of your comfort zone and being uncomfortable sometimes because being a part of exposing the school and what was going on my, I was still working, um, like 
50 hours a week at the time. Um, my son has a, has a good teacher. I know most of the families in that class. I, you know, his situation's okay. Now the school as a total isn't doing very good. I just, you know, exposed all the stuff that's going on. But what was easy for me was to say, yeah, I want to keep my son in his classroom because how, like, how else am I going to make it work? Right. He's fine. His teacher's fine. And my husband, uh, really looked at me and said, uh, no, look at the director of the school, look at the authority he's under. Do you want our son under the authority of this woman who's making these really poor decisions? She's not a believer. And like in the core of my heart, I was like, ah, oh, you're right, babe. You're right. I don't want him under that authority. I'm just choosing to do something to me that just seemed, you know, easy. I'm like, no, but just let it finish out the year because then maybe next year I can figure out what I'm going to do with work or then maybe next year. But you know what? No, my husband was absolutely right. I'm super thankful for him and his encouragement to me just to say, listen, if, if he's not supposed to be there, then we need to pull him and God's going to take care of it. And sure enough, you know, God, God took care of it. So my encouragement really would be to parents. It's okay. If you don't know what the next week's going to look like or the next semester or the next year, um, it's okay just to take that leap of faith and you'll be okay. Your kid is going to be better. Yeah. My son came to work with me for weeks. <laughs> so That's great. Hey, great. You know, take your kid to work week two or three. Amen. And awesome. they learn so, they learn so much yeah, by yeah. being, they, children learn so much and they grow in maturity and in wisdom when they are with their parents more. Yeah. You and know? you know, you know what another parent reminded me too? Um, they said, you know what your child is really learning by you pulling him right now is the values that you stand for and his value to you. And mm. I was like, oof, you're right. Because oh, we it, should like give that mama an award. That is a great, I know. Like, like a gold star. Yeah, I know. I know because I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, what am I? No, your son is learning so much just by learning about your influence and what you're doing and how you're choosing to take a stand. So, and it's okay for life to, you know, be uncomfortable or not be super fun for a while for to be in an office or, you know, my office with me, it was actually fun. He, he was fine, but oh, I'm sure uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, I, I remember you mentioning something too about like, and I'm going to just boast about, about your accomplishments in education. And you said something about, um, you know, here's this mom who's got like a 4.33 GPA on a roll, all this Dean's list, oh, yeah. all this wonderful stuff. And I don't care. What is that thing about? I don't care. What do you not care about as a homeschool mom? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Um, so I finished off the rest of that year with Travis pulling him, you know, and my first type a brain goes, okay, well, you know, what regimen, what are we, what are we, da, 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 da. And all that went out the window and I really had to learn to be okay with, um, you know, as much as I did, I did all the honors classes and the international baccalaureate and all the, you know, all those kind of courses. I truly more than anything else want my kids to be amazing human beings that love people that love the Lord um, that have peace in their heart that, you know, uh, express the fruits of the spirit that have joy. You, sure, you'll get reading, you'll get writing, you'll get arithmetic down um, the rest of it. I hopefully they actually get to explore things that they love a lot more than I did because I did the traditional school where I was, um, I was very disciplined. I can give myself that. I did learn discipline really well in school because I took all those hard classes, but I had zero social life because I was doing school up until like midnight to do my chemistry, this and that. And I missed on, out on opportunities of getting to go hang out with my dad who I didn't live with, you know? Um, so I'm okay with it being different. 
you know, I just want my kids to be awesome human beings. So what are some of those other avenues that you missed out on that your kids aren't now because you've made that shift from, you know, that, that everything's always so structured, so over, overly structured sometimes to where they don't have as much. Cause this is the topic of, oh, well, if I pull my kid out of the homeschool, they're not going to be socialized. They don't have all these opportunities So speak, speak to that. Like what, um, what are some of the opportunities that your kids have been able to have since pulling them from um, the public school? Oh yeah. Well, um, let me just say that my husband was homeschooled and he's one of the most fun, social, cool, normal people I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Okay. He totally bribed you to say that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, I mean, I can tell you, and his whole family's really amazing, you know, so they're not like what you think of. I know people have this idea of what homeschool was like from the eighties, but uh, homeschool's come a long way, a long way. And my kids have had so many incredible opportunities and prior to being in school when they were um, in like preschool, uh, kindergarten age, we traveled a lot for work, um, for our prior work. And so my kids have lived in New York City. Uh, They've lived in Florida on a lake. We've lived in Tahoe. They've lived in, I mean, we've all over the place. Um, And so they have been exposed to so many different places. And in my kindergarten class one time, uh, my daughter's teacher said, wow, we went over the Statue of Liberty and we went over... um, uh, I think it was like icebergs and we went over uh, redwood trees and you're, I can't believe she knows all about these. And I looked at her and go, she says, what kind of books does she read? And I go, mm, that's not, not a book. We've lived in all those places. And so I remember thinking, gosh, I really want that for my kids for the rest of their life. Right. But how are you going to do that uh, in public school when you have to be there Monday through Friday, you know, all day long. So I think one of the biggest joys for me was to get to see how much my kids were exposed to growing up when they were younger and we traveled all the time and they saw things in person because a book is great. Um, you know, writing something on paper is great. But when we actually went to Alaska for two weeks, um, I guarantee they learned way more than any worksheet they could have ever learned about Alaska, right? And those memories stick with you. You know, you're, they're sensory, you're auditory, you're actually there. So I'm I'm really thrilled that my kids get to live that lifestyle that we had before, where we get to travel and go see things in person and do stuff and, and get to actually just enjoy things in the, yeah, open air for real. Yeah. They wouldn't have had that. Like you said, I love that you say that, like the, the amount of opportunities that homeschooling families have are significantly increased versus the public school like because like you said they're not in school eight hours a day so how many hours a day do you guys actually spend and I'm going to do the air quotes of academia like how much well okay I love the answers (laughs) (laughs) well so this is going to be an interesting answer um and it's part of actually I think one of the great things about homeschooling is the independence that it creates in your children right because they're not just under the reign of well everyone's doing this worksheet from this time to this time and now we're doing this time to this time it's it's really individual so um this might not be the best answer but my daughter let me know that she does about four hours but that's really all her. I actually, I mean, she's, she's older, she's in middle school and she's really responsible. And I know she um, gets things done. So between, you know, four to four to five hours, but that's actually by her choice. Um, You know, I, I don't micromanage her very much. Um, My son, 
Well, that's a daily answer. <laughs> just depends. Oh, you might need to ask me in two months how I'm doing with my whole next curriculum and, and how that's going to work out. Um, Boys are different. Boys yeah, are different. They're fun. Yeah, yeah, right. She loves all the different classes and courses and she did speech and debate and, you know, all these fun mock trial and he's going to be more like, we're going to do reading, we're going to do writing. We'll probably do some history together with sister, uh, maybe a science project here and there. But I love the fact that this gets to be personalized for him, you know, and gets to, we can find the joy in school instead of it being so difficult because it wasn't as fun for him. I love that. Find the joy yeah. in school. Yes. That is such a lacking reality. And I truly, I, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. We've got to stop pressing upon our kids that they've got to get good grades and we need to start impressing on them, encouraging them to find the joy in what they're learning. Cause really like, you yeah. know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your GPA is. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Okay. No, what, no, no. What if, Believe what me. If, I know because I took the time to get a great GPA all through high school and all through college. And I hate to say it, but none of it really has anything to do with my career <laughs> like at all. Oh I'm, so, oh, I'm sure there's a mom who's going, wait, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no way I know. she just said that. Yes, she did. She just said it, y'all. Yeah, and, and you want to, you just kind of brought up something um, interesting for work. I was actually up in um, Hollywood talking to a group of moms that were Persian Jewish women um, that whose kids were going to um, private schools, mostly the same private school in Hollywood. And these moms are not content with what's happening. They're saying, um, you know, my my daughter, I'm a first or second generation and, um, and I love America. And why aren't they teaching that America is so great? Um, Why are they teaching about all these different genders? Because I want my daughter to know that she's precious and that she's a woman. And this is a great thing. And this is valuable. And we we can celebrate that here in America. Um, You know, the critical race theory, all of it. And and for me, that's, I really actually felt what I needed to tell these women was just give them permission to do something different. Um, and they go, yeah, but my husband says we're paying for this great education and we have such a good life and we have our big house. I said, okay, you're right. You do, but you're not happy. Your kid's not happy. Your kid's masked up during PE. Your kid's not getting to play the sports they want. You can do something different. These women had the financial means to do it. They just, this is what you do. And then I remember saying, this is probably going to offend some of you but you may not want your kid to go to college. And all of them had this, well, I'm in America now and this is that, and now we go to college. And I said, I'm just throwing this out there, take it or leave it. You may just want to see, you know, and these are, their kids were in elementary school at the time. But um, I I said, I'm I'm not necessarily sure I'm sending my kids to college. It just depends because, uh, you know, I have plenty of stories of the indoctrination in different college educations, you know, settings too. So did I go to college? Yes. You know, I, I did the more traditional route, not necessarily what I want for my kids. No. And I think that's really great. Cause you know, people always go, why would you don't homeschool? You went to public school. It's perfectly good for you. No, no, it wasn't perfectly good for me. I can't tell you one thing I learned in public school other than gossip and just cruelty and bullying. (laughs) Like it, no, my entire life, Everything I know and everything I cherish comes from my parents and I was not homeschooled. So I can only imagine how much more, how much better I would be had I been homeschooled and had my parents so much more, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So I am so thankful for you. I love your story. I know that somebody is going to just grab hold of it and resonate. And I definitely want to bring you back on because I know, I know somebody's out there is going, what's public square? We've got to do that again. Um, but before I, before we close out today, tell me like, what is one truth that you have held on to or a truth that you really think a new or even a veteran homeschooling mom really needs to hear? Um, you know what I would just say, and this, this more so goes to the people that believe in God and, um, and have a source outside of just themselves. But when the Lord presses something upon your heart, or you know that that's what you're supposed to do, it might feel scary, right? To take that leap of faith or do something. But I have story after story after story of God just being beyond good to what he says for you to do. So when you just choose to obey and take the next step, you may not know, right? What it's going to turn out or what it's going to look like. But if he's, he's telling you something and you're willing to even just like pivot again, that's hard for me to do. Cause I'm like, but this is my plan. I had a plan. So, but if you're willing to pivot and just take the next step and stay obedient to what the Lord has called you to do, he is so good. He loves us. He loves our kids and he's going to take care of you. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. I, I, that resonates with me so much. So if people want to connect with you, if they want to kind of know a little bit more about you or, you know, pick your brain, anything like that, where can they find you? Sure. Um, I don't have any, uh, public social media accounts, which is really funny. I get asked that all the time, especially being part of a tech company. Um, but I can, my email address, if people want to reach out is my first name, Christina, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Christina. And it's at public sq.com. Um, but we have a whole section of alternative educational vendors, which is uh, where I found you at that expo. Um, so there's some amazing vendors on there, but I am happy to chat with any mom, any family, um, anyone that is, you know, looking to take, take that leap or just wants to chat. I can tell you many of my stories and how God's pulled through. So happy to connect anytime. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah.